friends, I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, realtors, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Today, my guest is Joyce Foistel. Joyce is the founder of Boomer's Social Media Tutor a company that she started back in 2010, and she went full-time with her business in 2013 when she retired from a 17-year career in sales. Now she provides group training and one-on-one tutoring in person or via Zoom to help business owners and job seekers, especially those over 55, to be more effective and productive while using LinkedIn and Facebook. And Joyce, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You and I have had the opportunity to do some speaking together. I've been Mm -hmm. on your show. Now you're coming on mine. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Oh, me too. This is fun. Let's, I mean, I gave you a little bit of an introduction here, but what made you decide to start your own social media tutoring company, because I think that a lot of people over 55 think like, ah, I'm not even going to deal with the socials. And I think you found a great spot to help people. Well, I'll be honest. It wasn't my idea. (laughs) A lot of people start, right. They start their businesses and they've been noodling at it. I'm going to go, I'm going to pull the trigger. This is it. What happened was back in 2010, the private college where I worked, it was a very niched educational institution that helped people in the financial planning profession or people who wanted to get into that profession to get the certificates they needed, to get the education they needed, to sit for the certified financial planner really hard day and a half long exam. It had uh, master's courses. So this is not like the University of Phoenix, which is a much broader cross-section of humanity where I used to work. It was a very specialized type of college called the College for Financial Planning. Well, think back, folks who are watching this, to 2010, and think of the social media that was around then. It was really the big three of Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, because Instagram was just kind of really starting a little after that, I think, approximately. So those were the three. So our college marketing department wisely decided to get with the game here, and they got a (laughs) Facebook page, a LinkedIn group, and on Twitter. So we in the enrollment department think sales, right? Let's say it, AKA inside sales. And we were told, got to chat this up. We're like, really, really? We said to our manager, you know, we're really mostly commission salespeople. And you want us to talk about something that makes us no money? Well, then for a time, he kind of catered to us a little bit and paid us $5, like a little sales spiff, if you've heard that term. And so they paid us for a few months. Anytime one of our students that we were working with even potential students uh, would like follow us on Twitter or sign up for the LinkedIn group or follow us on Facebook. Well, guess what? (laughs) Me at 61, mind you, 12 years ago, was the best chatter upper, there's an official term, (laughs) of of social media with this crowd, the oldest on the team. And my manager was 35 back then was like, whoa, look at you go, girl, you know. So one day, about three months into this rollout, he says, you know, Joyce, I've been thinking, Clearly, you're good. The numbers tell us that in getting our students to engage with our social media. And I hear you too out there. You get so excited about it when you talk. Now, have you ever thought of helping other people in your age group to understand social media like you do, you boomers age group? And I'm like, well, no, there's a thought. And I didn't say no. I didn't say yes. But I, I took it in. And later I say, thank God for Brett saying, ask, 
you know, making that observation, I think this cloud's part of the angels saying, you know, kind of dramatize that moment over time. But you see, sometimes we get business ideas from other people who are the ones to notice we are good at something. Just like yours truly over here. My, I had a, my boss, Jen, she said to me, she said, Kate, my position was eliminated. That's a whole nother story for another podcast. But I was sitting in her office and I just remember I was devastated. And she was, she said to me, she's like, you know, Katie, I know that it seems like tough to imagine right now, but I think you're so good at social media. You've done so much with the station, social media presence. I would just love to see you get back into doing broadcasting and figuring out a way to make social media your main job. And at the time, five and a half years ago, I was like, I don't really know if there's like just a straight social media job out there. And so I started my own business and I, it, sometimes it just takes somebody Mm -hmm. giving you that kind of light bulb moment. Like, well, yeah, why not do this? And why not give it a shot? Yeah. And, and what was really sweet about Brett is that he wasn't like pushing me out the door or anything, you know, me, the B minus salesperson, you know, at least I was hitting my numbers, you know, but I was no superstar in that department, but he loved me. I is what I just say, bottom line, known me for quite some time, could see I had this aptitude. And so three years later, I actually retired. So I really kind of have two start dates. If you talk about an origin story, the idea date, that March of 10, and then in that fall, I actually did incorporate my company, came up with a company name, which is almost as hard as naming your child, right? You know, because it's such a big deal to how you're going to brand yourself. And then I kept working. And then I started taking classes and reading books and following more people on social media, especially LinkedIn, which has always been my favorite. So then by March of 13, our company was moving to another building and my husband was having shoulder replacement surgery. So I'd have to go on FMLA for you know like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And all the stars just seemed to align. I was 64 by, by then. I'm like, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. blow this pops in. You know, they gave me a really fun retirement party. I mean, that's kind of like the best way to leave a job is to retire out of it, which sounds yeah. really weird. You know, you have to wait till you're 60 something. But at any rate, it was just seamless. Then I retired into my business. I'd had my website up for a year by then. I'd been blogging for a year. I had a following. I had a platform sort of, you know. So that was really the kind of baby steps, if you will, into the business. Well, and I think that, you know, again, not everyone expects to become an entrepreneur. It like it sounds like you and I both kind of backpedaled our way into it and we're like, well, mm-hmm. look at what I have here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and sometimes that's just how it is. So, yeah. you know, we, we talked a little bit about how you started your business at 61 years old. You took it full time at 64. You're living the dream now. You're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn is your jam. Um, like I said before, you and I have spoken together at different events. Right. You on LinkedIn, I've been there for Instagram or social audio. And I think you're phenomenal with the concepts, the base concepts of LinkedIn, because there's it's just like Instagram. There's certain ways to show up on LinkedIn effectively. And I just want, let's just clear the air really fast here. Joyce. Is LinkedIn just for people that are looking for new jobs? Thank you for asking me that question, that, that softball question. That is probably the biggest misconception out there, that LinkedIn is just for job seeking. But if you go back to the mission statement of LinkedIn, when it was created in 2003, before Facebook, mind you, it's about linking business people with other business people. 
basically the same concept as Facebook, except for Facebook is about people and more in their personal lives and LinkedIn in their business professional lives. So that's really the essence of Facebook. And folks just don't realize oftentimes that's what it's about because they only hear about people talking about LinkedIn when they are job searching. And one of my favorite little kind of lines to use is when people then get a job, they'll often just get off LinkedIn. Okay, like I got my job. It's like I'm on Tinder. Swipe, swipe, swipe. I got my gal, my guy, and now I'm done, right? You hopefully will get off Tinder, right? (laughs) But I say, then don't get off LinkedIn because then why not stay there and be active and help other people get jobs, help get your company known. I mean, show your expertise, your subject matter expertise, just keep out there because you never know when the next job will come along. And especially for people like you and I in business, we need LinkedIn to keep our our visibility, our top of mind. Well, and that's the thing too, is I think that not everyone has really understood the personal branding side of being a a business owner, being an employee even. And it's not necessarily to always try and get new job opportunities, but I guess how, that's that's my next question for you, Joyce. Mm-hmm. Is how can somebody who ha- isn't necessarily looking for a new job, how can they show up effectively on LinkedIn and why is it important for them? Well, I think we all have a reputation. Let's broaden that too. You know, when we use the word brand, that might always be associated with a business, right? But we have a personal professional reputation. And we have, I believe, also kind of a calling I'll use that word broadly, to help other people. So if we think of social media coming from a place of generosity of spirit, then we can be there to help people know about good things we're doing. Like you and I have talked about Toastmasters, perfect example. So I will talk about Toastmasters on LinkedIn. It isn't directly related to my business, but I've been a member of Toastmasters for 25 years, half my married life. I'll throw that 50 year in there. That was April Fool's Day, 50 years, go us. But at any rate, the point is other people can benefit from Toastmasters. When I talk about the events I'm in and have my Toastmaster service and activity as part of my LinkedIn profile, that then might incline somebody else to look into Toastmasters. So that's part of my personal reputation, my brand, whatever, is that I am a long-term Toastmaster. It's a a big part of who I am. Does that help a little bit as an example, perhaps? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that When we're thinking about showing up on LinkedIn, there's a number of ways that you can do it effectively. And I want to just talk about, first of all, because it's kind of in alignment with, you know, your reputation, your brand. Mm -hmm. What is this whole LinkedIn creator mode? I know that I've had it activated for mine and it's really helped me get in front of a whole new audience and, and really kind of separate myself. But I'd love it if you talk to everybody about what creator mode is and right. tell us who would be a good fit to activate creator mode. I think the people who would be a good fit to activate creator mode are those, it's going to sound like very meta, those who create content on LinkedIn, hello, right? Or plan to create more content. So the people who are really have a deep subject matter expertise. I have a client who works in organizations to help promote people who have been underemployed to get better jobs. Diversity, equity, inclusion space, a lot of ways. She has incredibly in-depth articles that she's been posting on LinkedIn. And I said to her, Linda, you are a really good candidate for creator mode. First off, she's going to get those five hashtags appearing right below her headline. 
So you know we have 220 limit now for our LinkedIn profile headline. Well, when you have the five hashtags, that really expands it by well, however many characters are in those five hashtags. So it's great for search engine optimization to help you get associated with those terms above and beyond your own profile headline. Also, if you have any ego, if that matters, but it will show the viewer exactly the number of followers you have. So that will also show that you have, you know, so don't do this if you have 25 connections yeah. or followers. I'll kind of get a little ridiculous here, but do that if you have at least 500 or more, probably. Well, you know, you, other, you, right? I was say, you just brought up a really good point yeah. with growing the followers, because I know that as much as you and I want to stand on our soapboxes and say, don't worry about your follower count, we all still need to try and grow our network mm-hmm. uh, more. What right. is the best way? So I know on Instagram, one of the best ways of growing on Instagram and grow your following. Talk to us a little bit about how you can grow your following on LinkedIn. And that's not spammy and, and sleazy and salesy. Well, I think the best way to grow your following is well, to post on a regular basis, that kind of maybe goes without saying. But when you post, tag other people. They call it mentioning on LinkedIn. But tagging is what they call it in Instagram, Facebook, right? So what, by putting that little at sign in that person's name and then grabbing them out of the drop-down list, your post will also be shown to some, at least, of their people. And I had a woman just the other day ask me to connect and I, and I wrote, you know, asked her why. And she said, well, your post appeared on somebody else's newsfeed, you know, it was in there. And some, so they had maybe liked it or something probably. So the point is that when you selectively don't over people, then that's a really good way to get attention and, oh, who is she? Oh, interesting. Social media, simple, easy and fun. Are you kidding me? But then also when comment comment on other people's posts. Think of people like you would be a good example. I could go periodically to your activity section, Katie, go looking for your posts, things you've liked. You know, that's all public record, by the way, so to speak. It's, you know, watch out. (laughs) You want to be careful what you're doing there. You want to be intentional is probably a better word. So at any rate, I go there and I have a point of view. I don't just like it. I say, oh, thoughtful or celebrate one of those. And then I say something other than, oh, Fascinating post, Katie. You know, the part of it I like the best was this part. Or another angle that I think of when I think of this topic is this FYZ, what do you know, XYZ thing. So then there, when you comment, you're in the stream of the other people who are commenting on the same person's post. And they're like, oh, who's that choice? So I think it's that kind of engagement is really going to help. Well, and Joyce, this, I love this about LinkedIn. I do think that LinkedIn and Instagram are two of the best places to grow organically. And it's by doing Mm -hmm. exactly with what you just said there, doing the whole commenting, liking is all right, but really where the magic happens is in the commenting. And that's pretty platform agnostic. So I want to just talk a little bit about the commenting and the liking, and you brought up the activity feed here. LinkedIn is their algorithm is like 2014 Facebook. You can still be seen in other people's feeds. You can learn more about people. Their algorithm is pretty great because you can, like you just said, you can say, oh, I commented on this post and now it's showing up in their feed and it's showing up in your feed too. So it's a great way to kind of kill two birds with one stone as opposed to Instagram, if I go in and I leave a comment on your post, none of my followers are going to see that. It's only your followers. Yeah. So we're just got to be grateful LinkedIn is still doing this for us. I know. That's an interesting analogy. 
And one slight clarification, I like to use the word activities section. So there isn't a separate feed, just so people know. When I would go to look at you, Katie, I scroll down in your profile till I find activity. Then I click on see all activity. And then I can click on post. I can click on articles. And when I have all, I'll see everything you've been liking, commenting on, all of that. So that's, and that's, it's, then it is, it's a feed of Katie is really yeah. what it is. <laughs> I mean, that sounds kind of funny, but that's what I'm looking at. It's sort of like going to your Facebook personal page, but even more, it's, it's really more because I can't see all these things you, Katie, would have liked. So I mean, that's what makes LinkedIn such an incredibly public experience. Like I'll use K- Ketanji Jackson, judge, Supreme Court, Ketanji Jackson. Now, the other day, somebody put a post up when she was going through the hearings, grueling experience that was, of course, and it is always for any Supreme Court candidate. So this woman I know put a post up about it. I didn't agree with everything she put in her take. She had posted somebody else's post. But then I commented on how exciting a time this was. And I was happy, you know, for her nomination. Well, then this lady I know put in some comment that was like really diametrically opposed to what, like what my friend had put up in her post. And then that my friend kind of jumped on this lady and I'm like, <laughs> ah, like, you know, you're at a party and you're kind of backing away, you know, like, oh, you two just have it out there, you know? So then I thought, oh, then I got all like paranoid, like, well, maybe that woman won't even like me anymore. I'll get over yourself, Joyce. You have a point of view, share it, own it, right? So I'm saying, be careful what you say in LinkedIn, but be yourself. If you have a point of view about something like that, don't worry if maybe you're going to irritate some people, you you know, maybe you'll lose a few followers. Well, but be true to yourself, be authentic. So Joyce, I think that it's great. That's one of my the favorite my favorite things about LinkedIn is the algorithm and being able to be to see more of people's what they're interested in, what they're following, what their mm-hmm. comments are on other people's posts. That I, I love that aspect about LinkedIn and I sure hope that they don't change it. And I do think that mm-hmm. that too, it's great to have a LinkedIn presence because you can't just put all your eggs in Mark Zuckerberg's baskets. I mean, he does own Facebook and Instagram. So having a LinkedIn presence is a great way to kind of diversify a little bit in case Facebook gets shut down again. I think we all remember it was about a year ago. I remember that day. (laughs) And when Facebook and Instagram were shut down for about a day and everyone in the world panicked, LinkedIn was still there. Clubhouse was still there. And your email list was still there. So I want to talk just a little bit more about your personal page. So, and I think that a lot of people are like, well, should I have a business page? Should I have a personal page? What should I post between the two? Can you help clear that up just a little bit if someone does have a business page and they have a LinkedIn presence? Well, LinkedIn is set up very much like Facebook in that you have your personal, I'll use the word profile to be really picky. We often call it our pages. They're called profiles on Facebook and LinkedIn. So in LinkedIn, you have that to start with. And through that personal profile, that's kind of really the portal to where you create your company page, just like on Facebook, you'd create the business page. So I think that let's just talk briefly about the profile. The profile should be branded very clearly to you. You should be using every possible feature, like the banner image behind your picture, like your headline, which I've talked about. Like you can feature you know, some wonderful links to landing pages and posts that are performing well all of that, and then have you really think SEO and how you describe yourself in your about section. That's 2,600 characters. That's your story. That's you in the context of your career. And then in your experience section, you have 2,000 characters for every single position description. And if you, I know you do have more than one offering. I have more than one offering. So I actually list each offering as a separate position. 
So now I have all that text. I can put testimonials in there. I can put little links to like a YouTube video. Like you could do that YouTube video from when you were on my meetup group. That's a great example a PowerPoint or something, and then going down just to flesh it out a little bit, you would want to make sure your skills match up, you know, with what you're doing these days. Sometimes that's a little out of date. And then to all the different things like publications and groups you're part of, organizations, etc. So that's your personal profile. Then as far as the posting and this where personally, I need to practice what I preach. You can simply take a post from say your personal profile and then just take those you know, those three little dots at the top right-hand corner where it says, then there's options and what is copy link to post. So you could take that and go over to your business page, your com- company page, I should say, and just share that post over there. You could have some original posts too on your business page. But so, just to also kind of summarize this by saying that more people will engage with you, far more people through your personal profile in the post there than see your post on your company page. Does that help a little bit? It does. Now, what what do you think, in your opinion, about sharing your business post from your personal page? So, like, yes, let's say- I think actually, in a way, that might be better because it draws attention to the fact that you have a company page at all. So, if you have the post there and do the same thing with the three dots and then set it up, I mean, I would have you know some maybe other little commentary perhaps than you had on your business page. It looks a little different than what it did over there. What do you think of that? I think that that's pretty essential is not to just only share the other post. Give a little bit of context as to why are you sharing this? Why does this resonate with your, well, I think you have like 30,000 followers, but I mean like with your direct followers, you know, as opposed to the, the other people that just follow your company page. I guess this is another great question too Mm -hmm. on the hashtags for LinkedIn, because they're different than they are on Instagram. What do you think on using same hashtags between posts? Or do you think people even should be using hashtags on? Well, I think the general rule of thumb with LinkedIn these days is somewhere between two to five hashtags as opposed to what 30 on Instagram. Yes. So you, a, you have fewer hashtags and I think you, you use the ones probably similar to what you'd use on Instagram. I mean, if you have kind of, for me, I usually have LinkedIn tips as a standard hashtag. You could also, you know, brand your name, I guess, in your business. You can have something related, like the post I just put up this morning was about engaging with connections. And so I had hashtag LinkedIn connections. So you'd have some post that was tied to the topic. I mean, hashtag that tied to the topic of the post. Do you think that that really helps uh, with your visibility using Mm -hmm. hashtags? Yeah, I do. I think for one thing, you just look like you're up to date. <laughs> I can't explain it. But people do search. I just go to my LinkedIn profile after we're done, Katie, and look for in my comments, a comment I made on this lady named Sandra Long, would love to toot her own. She's a fabulous book on LinkedIn. And she was saying there's a tweak they've made in the searching of content on LinkedIn that you can match it up with people search and any rate is, is, you know, go and look at it yourself and see what you think. But yes, short answer is I think, yes, the hashtags do help to get, you know, visibility for the post. Yeah. Using hashtags. So commenting on other people's posts, going to people's feed, seeing what they're commenting on and liking on, seeing if you can join in on that conversation. Mm -hmm. Those are three great tips for increasing your visibility. What, yeah. what else would you say if you want, if someone says, okay, I want more visibility on LinkedIn. I've decided that LinkedIn is that other platform for me. I would say post videos, note to self. <laughs> I have uh, several videos up there. I just need to update, you know, just have some newer ones. I think if you had videos in that you feature, 
in that featured section, videos in each of your position descriptions, videos in your post, videos, I think we all know that's just so important, you know, to the world of social media. So I think that's, it's a good idea. Now, this is a little bit of a difference between LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. When you say (laughs) videos, do you mean, you know, should I be doing some dancing TikToks or should I be sitting here for a five minute kind of panel topic discussion? Should I be going live? What type of videos do you think perform the best? I'm no expert on video. I'll say that I should have that as a caveat. I think that a minute or two is a good length in general. I do have some more what I would call almost instructional type of videos that run more in the four or five minute range. It's me standing up and talking about them with some uh, B-roll, so to speak, where they go into more specifics. I mean, that's what I have in my ebook. So I think it's something that, or it could be me interviewing someone. It could be a short testimonial of someone that uses your service, but realize, of course, I mean, you, there's a whole conversation around the horizontal versus the vertical in terms of where are people, they're on their phone, right? So yeah, I'd really talk to video marketing people and to video production companies to get advice on kind of the approach to take to video. There's also something called LinkedIn Live and going back to creator mode. When you have creator mode, then you can go live on LinkedIn, just like you can go live on Facebook. So, but also know too that YouTube plays very well with LinkedIn because as opposed to, let me finish my thought, actually make it better with Facebook. There's that, because mm, they're owned, but YouTube's owned by Google and it's not owned by Facebook, which owns so much, right? So it's nice YouTube and LinkedIn. They're good. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, one of the biggest takeaways that I'm getting, regardless of social media platform that you've chosen is you do need to have some sort of a video strategy. If you yeah. want to grow your business and your brand, You can't just be using stock images. You can't just have slideshows. You need to show up and have somewhat of a video. And I love that you said that sometimes you have your video of you sitting there or standing and talking and then Mm B-roll. What a great, you know, Mm -hmm. if someone doesn't want to sit and do FaceTime for five Mm -hmm. minutes or do a screen Mm -hmm. share, you can have that that B-roll going over while you're talking. So I think that's a great strategy if someone still is a little camera shy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and then as we've said, join Toastmasters, (laughs) you want to feel stronger and feel yourself. And one thing I wanted to kind of back up to something earlier about the value of LinkedIn. If anybody ever goes and Googles their name, I have seen it where the LinkedIn profile will come up even higher than a website. Typically your LinkedIn profile is in, I would say the top five hits of a Google search for better, for worse. Right? So I did want to mention that in terms of how important LinkedIn is for a business person. Well, and I think that just having your social media presence is so important for your business and making sure that you're consistently posting to it. Because like you just said, Google indexes these social media sites, whether it is Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn, if you are, again, trying to grow like more speaking opportunities, or if you have a personal brand or anything like that, if someone types in Katie Brinkley, I want my name to it to be me, not any of the other Katie Brinkley's out there. And what do you know? I just Googled this. Guess what's number one? LinkedIn. Katie Brinkley, next up social communications, LinkedIn page. And I own the domain, (laughs) katiebrinkley.com. Wow, you got the domain of your name. Oh my God. (laughs) So I mean- One other thing I want to mention is we're getting close to wrapping up. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm a realtor or I'm a massage therapist. You know, I'm a business consumer person. Do I really need to be on LinkedIn? Well, perhaps not for the end user to find you and, you know, call you up or something, 
No, but you know who I think LinkedIn is good for, especially for all of us, but think about the realtor. Realtors hang out with mortgage people, with title people, with all home inspection people. So they want to be connected with other people in their real estate space. And that way they know when somebody has three years of being in their business or got a promotion at the title company, you know, whatever it might be. So that way you can kind of schmooze with them and support them and put up like, not just, I just sold this house all the time, but here's some DIY tips, you know, yeah, put that on LinkedIn too. Don't just put it on Facebook or Instagram. So I think that people need to think, again, going back to the start of our interview, think of LinkedIn more broadly than they have often very narrowly construed it. Well, Joyce, this has been such a great conversation. I'm sure you and I could probably go down the LinkedIn rabbit hole for hours, but our time is up. So I wanted just to really let everyone who's listening know you're here in the Denver area. If you want to learn more about LinkedIn in person, you can connect with Joyce in person. Or if you're one of the many listeners who listens throughout the United States and Canada, she does offer Zoom calls. But what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? I think the easiest way is for them to go to my website, which is boomers, B-O-O-M-E-R-S, more than one boomer. Okay, boomers, social, media, tutor. Watch out, there's two S's together. I didn't think of that. But anyway, so boomers, social media, tutor.com. That's an easy way to find me. There's a contact us, obviously, and it's all there. You can see videos of me. You can learn all about the services I provide. I'm more than happy to chat with people, do a Zoom call. That's usually and, what I do for introductions. Yeah. And check you out on LinkedIn too. I mean, you're a wealth oh, yeah. of knowledge on LinkedIn. <laughs> right. You know, the, the only reason I hesitate there is just because my name is so tricky to spell it, but I will repeat my name, J-O-Y-C-E, F is in Frank, E-U, S is in Sam, T is in Tom, E-L. So you see why I start with the, with the website. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, yeah, they should, obviously I want them to go to LinkedIn and connect with me. And just as a one final thing as we're going out here, I personally don't use creator mode. And you know why? Because I'm after kind of those more rookie early users. And I'm afraid if they go to my profile and find follow, which is what will appear instead of connect, they'll be, oh my gosh, I'd wanted to connect with Joyce. Now, I don't know, what do I do? Well, they figure out to click on more and they can connect and even override the LinkedIn message that says, no, Joyce wants you to follow her. You know, like, yep. So though I would be a candidate for creator mode, I've opted for that one reason not to enable it because I yeah. want connections, connect with yeah, me. I was going to say that's, uh, again, this is probably a whole nother t- conversation mm-hmm. for another podcast, but connect with Joyce. She's a wealth of knowledge on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Uh, check her out online. Uh, all of these links will be in the show notes. With that, Joyce, thank you so much for coming on the oh, show today. It's wonderful. Thank you. And Joyce brought up a really good point, right? When we were wrapping up that creator mode, it might not be for you. And if you're really looking to try and grow on LinkedIn, maybe moving to creator mode isn't the best first step. She and I were talking here at the end of the episode about how when you are in creator mode, the option to follow is first. And if you're newer to LinkedIn, it's going to be a little bit more confusing for people to want to follow you as opposed to connecting with you and building that relationship. LinkedIn is an amazing spot to do networking. It's an amazing spot to meet new people, do business, and maybe find a new job if you're looking. I think that setting up the creator mode is a great step if you already have your business plan in place and you're ready to start contributing on a regular basis, fresh content, being a creator on LinkedIn. 
So take that last bit of advice that she gave at the very end of the episode and run with it. Only optimize creator mode when it's time, when you're ready for it. Utilize video in your feed. It is a great way for you to show up and give people a face to recognize, feel like they're doing business with a friend. And I think that that is one of the biggest takeaways. Optimize, optimize creator mode when you're ready and start implementing video today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, or check me out on Instagram. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.